0: So good morning listeners and welcome to Sacred Space one oh two FM, which is a Come and Sea Inspirations production being produced here in our Come and Sea studio here in Ada. And this it is the twenty eighth of March. It's the start of Holy Week. It's the Palm Sunday, the Palm Sunday of the Lord's Passion. My name is John Keeley, and help me to produce the programme this morning and present the programme indeed. Shane Ambrose good morning, to you, Shane.
1: Good morning, John. How are we doing?
0: Good. I hope I was liturgically correct in, in in announcing that, the Palm Sunday of the Lost Passion. But anyway, that's what I got in my okay. piece of paper. So again, we want to equally, um, we want to welcome those people who join us every week. Thank you indeed, and thank you indeed for the encouragement, and thank you indeed for the prayers, because without those, we couldn't go anywhere. We know that. Thank you so much indeed, and you're welcome again to join us again today. Our programme, of course, just remind listeners, new new, new listeners, is broadcasting Westlink One O Two FM at ten a.m. and eleven p.m. each Sunday, and the podcasts of Sacred Space One O Two FM are just some of the Come and See Inspirations podcasts available for playback and download. On our Come and See Inspirations podcast page, just Google Google Come and See Inspirations, and you'll find us there. Come and See Inspirations. dot Com. We can also be heard through Spotify, iTunes. Another platform. We're also available to be heard on Facebook, come and see Inspirations. We put up our weekly, a uh, current weekly programme uh, at the weekend. And during the week, we put up something from the archives. And this week, we got a nice little one come, um, actually uh, posted up during the week. It was going back to 10th of March, 2019, where Dr. Jesse Rogers joined us. And Jesse, Dr. Jesse reflected with us on the journey of Lent. So we posted that on our come and See Inspirations Facebook page. If you want to contact us at all, and please do, uh, 87 6088 is the text number. Just repeat that again, 87 or email, come and see at gmail.com. And again, thanks a lot for joining us this morning. Now, with this part of the program, Shane will share some, maybe, resources this week, rather than Saints for the Week. But Shane, over to you.
1: Thanks, John. So, as you said, um, we we won't be doing Saints of the Week per se this week, obviously, because Holy Week takes precedence. But before I jump into that, I just want to add my voice to John's in terms of extending our congratulations to Dr. Jesse Rogers. Uh, as John said, we, he put the podcast with Dr. Jesse up on the Facebook page during the week, but also during um, on the 17th of March, uh, there was the interesting news out of Maynooth, That Dr. Jessie Rogers was appointed as the first woman and lay dean of the Faculty of Theology at the Pontifical University in Maynooth. And so we give her our, we extend to her her, uh, Sacred Space 102 congratulations on that appointment, historic appointment, very much so. So now, in terms of liturgical odds and ends, so in part two of the program, we are going to do a reflection on Holy Week. So we go through some of the things just in terms of Holy Week but what I just wanted to point out to people this week is so Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday next week so uh, sorry so Sunday today obviously is the Palm Sunday or the Sunday of the Lord's Passion so then uh, we're obviously into Holy Week so Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday next week for those of us praying the Psalter we're on week two And obviously then for the Tridium, that's Holy Thursday, Good Friday, and Holy Saturday, the um, the office is proper to the days, which means it's prescribed, it's set out, you don't have to, you know, you just follow it through. In terms of saints, obviously, because it's Holy Week, saints take uh, back seats. But just for those that want just to keep an eye out on it, Monday would have been the feast of St. William Tempier. He is a French saint, canon regular and bishop of Poitiers, and died in 1197 of natural causes. Tur- Tuesday the 30th would be the feast day of Saint Irene of Rome. Irene is an early saint married to Saint Castulus of Rome. She was a widow, and she helped look after Saint Sebastian when he was being martyred by um, Arrow being shot by a full of arrows and she tried to convince him to leave Rome, but he refused to do so. Um, so she's an early pre- you know, an early saint in the church. And then finally on Wednesday it would have been the feast day of Saint Benjamin the Deacon a saint, a Persian saint, impaled on the stake in 424 in Persia. So that's what we would have had in terms of Saints of the Week. So in terms of other bits and pieces just to draw your attention to, so obviously next week, the week coming rather, is going to be busy from the point of view of liturgy liturgies, online liturgies and, and all the rest of it. Obviously with COVID, uh, we're not in a position to attend Easter ceremonies in churches Directly, so just to flag to people: first of all, if you are watching or listening on the radio, the the, the RTE, or watching it on the television, the Easter ceremonies are going to be coming from Knock. Uh, so, um, and predominantly, it is the Easter Vigil which is going to come from Knock. Uh, so, at, it's it's said to be broadcast live at ten forty p.m. on Holy Saturday night. Uh, so it's 10:40 p.m. on Holy Saturday night. Now I'm not clear if they are going to broadcast the three o'clock ceremonies on Good Friday. That's the Passion of Our Lord. Um, the website, the Knock Shrine website, was a little confusing on that regard. Um, they had it in that was being broadcast on the television and the radio, and also obviously on the Knock Shrine website. But it referred to it as the vigil, and obviously the vigil is Saturday night. So as far as I know, though, the three o'clock ceremonies. Uh, on good friday and the easter vigil which is at 10 40 p.m are both being broadcast live from uh knock so we'll get that much so then in terms of monday tuesday and wednesday next week just to remind people eight o'clock each night There is a liturgy from the diocese, which is being uh, relayed on the Limerick Limerick, Diocese of Limerick Facebook page. So Monday night is a liturgy of solidarity, Tuesday is tenebrae liturgy, and Wednesday is a liturgy of forgiveness. Obviously, then, you need to check in with your parishes, and uh, particularly check in with the notes and the observer and the Limerick leader in terms of the sermon, ceremonies, the Easter ceremonies that have been uh, streamed from the different parishes across West Limerick, uh, but also just to say to people that um, Mass of the Lord's Supper is on Holy Thursday night at 5.45pm in St. John's Cathedral, if you want to watch it on St. St. John's Cathedral's webcam. Good Friday is 3 o'clock from St. John's, if you want to check it in, and again it's been led by Bishop Brendan. Holy Saturday, it's 8.30 p.m. from St. John's Cathedral, if you want to link it in. And, and then the Easter Vigil, so there's Easter Mass, uh, as usual, on Sunday morning from St. John's as well. So that's what we have there. A lot to take in, I appreciate. So just to, if you want to take note of that again. So knock on Good Friday at 3 o'clock on the television and the radio of the RTE. Holy Saturday, 10.40 p.m., um, Easter, Saturday, Holy Saturday Night that's from Knock uh, again if you wanted to watch that on the TV John, for ourselves here on the radio we are doing a broadcast on Good Friday We are,
0: 7pm uh, until 8pm we again have this prayer around the cross uh, with some, a group of young people from the Newcastle West uh, area um, Father Frank Duick is leading them in, in, in prayer and reflection and we'll also have some music so that's 7pm to 8pm live here in West Limit 102, prayer around the cross. Very important. Um, the other thing, Shane, just before I forget now, as you were speaking there about NOC, they had some very good news this week.
1: Yes. Uh, so, last, the 19th, so last Friday, mm. um, we had the official announcement that NOC has been accorded the status as an international Marian and Eucharistic shrine. Um, so it effectively puts it in the same category, my, well, my understanding of it is it puts it in the same category as, for example, Lourdes and Fatima. Hmm. In terms of the in terms of the kind of the respect and the accreditation that the church gives to it, now I was actually surprised. I actually thought he already, it already did rank up there with George yeah, right. Fatima. Okay. but that of course is a typical Irishman's parochial view of things. So anyway, now it's official. So Pope Francis uh, gave a video message, and there was a mass to celebrate it as part of the Tridium for Saint Joseph that was celebrated say, at Knock over the last weekend. John, you have a small recording for us to listen. to? Uh, I have.
0: Unfortunately, we couldn't. I couldn't get a translation. Of my Italian isn't that great anyway a uh, have message but what I did get was a recording from Wendy Grace with iCatholic uh, and she spoke with Father Richard Gibbons of course is the rector there in NOC and um, she had a chat with him just a day before um, the, uh, the announcement and he was just letting um, listeners know what it was all about so maybe we can just listen to this just for a few minutes as um, Wendy asks Father Richard What it means to knock.
2: Hello and welcome to iCatholic I'm Wendy Grace. On Friday the 19th of March a very important event is going to happen when Pope Francis will send a video message to Knock Shrine and it's all part of a Tridium of Celebration celebrating Saint Joseph and join with me now to talk a little bit about the significance of this event I have Father Richard Gibbons. Father Richard thanks for joining us.
3: Thanks for having me Wendy.
2: Um, You might start off just by first explaining to us exactly what's going to happen tomorrow evening when Pope Francis sends his message and why he's sending it in the first place.
3: Uh, Well, now Pope Francis is going to speak to the shrine and to the country through um, at the time of the homily. We'll have a special mass tomorrow, Um, Feast of Saint Joseph. We were going to, because this is the year of Saint Joseph designated by Pope Francis. So we were putting on three special days anyway but uh, we got news about two weeks ago uh, that um, after a request by Archbishop Michael Neary, the Archbishop of Chum, for elevating the status of the shrine to international status, it's already national shrine, but uh, a request was for international standing that only the, the Vatican can give through the Pontifical Council for the promotion of the new evangelization. So... Um, uh, we requested, and maybe Pope Francis would like to say something to all of us here on the occasion. And absolutely, we had, uh, they all were in agreement, and Pope Francis, thank God, was in agreement as well. So he's going to speak to us for maybe five, five and a half minutes or so.
2: And in terms of just Pope Francis, obviously people might know, visited Knock when he was in Ireland for the World Meeting of Families in 2018. You met him then, Father Richard, did he know much about the story of the operation?
3: yeah, he was very well briefed before he came to knock that sunday morning um He wasn't so well briefed on the weather, but he, he was well briefed on the on the uh, on the shrine itself um uh, because we had sent on lots of things about about the shrine uh i did ask him whether he had visited the shrine before he was in dublin as a priest for a short period of time but he said he hadn't he'd never been to knock before so um when he came into the apparition chapel uh we engaged about the apparition itself and he he, he really took it you could see him he was taken every element of the apparition in and uh of course Saint joseph is part of the apparition and because this is the year of Saint Joseph, dedicated by Pope Francis, it's very timely. The whole thing is—it's very providential, actually—that it's working out like this.
2: It's certainly been a challenging time for people of faith all over the world, but I imagine it's especially difficult for somewhere like Knock Shrine, where, on the one hand, it's a place where people go to recharge their spiritual batteries, but on the other hand, Father Richard, have you had more engagement, for example, people tuning in or learning about Knock? from countries all over the world that ordinarily mightn't have even heard of it.
3: You know, a shrine, any shrine is meant to welcome people and have people around. Like we we have very substantial grounds here that people it's which is very good for locals in a way, because they can come in and, and still imbibe the the, the the quietness and the sacredness of the place. But for people that have a great love of Knock, it's very difficult for them not to be able to visit. But we're doing our best that we, we put online as, as much in terms of resources and connectivity with people's lives that we possibly can. So we're doing that all the time and we've improved on all of that. Our international base has, like, it's gone straight up. It's not even a curve, just vertical. Uh, the, the numbers of people that just join in and have sent con- words of congratulations from all over uh, the, the world. Hearing the news. I, I had one this morning from Vancouver in Canada to South America, to Australia, to email, all right across. And these are from people that they quite clearly tell us we have never heard of NOC before. We knew nothing about Knock, but we we were exploring um, uh, places, sacred places around around the world. And they just came across NOC um, and they stayed with us uh, because of the ceremonies. And because of programs that we put on and all of that. Now, I'm sure there's a little bit of navigation to other sites as well.
2: So, I know there's a lot of events happening over the Tridium over Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. What's the best way for people to connect up and to log on and tune into some of the events?
3: You can get everything on our website, knockshrine.ie. It's as simple as that knockshrine.ie. Uh, on Friday, of course, is Pope Francis. On Saturday, it's Cardinal. Uh, Christoph Schonborn, our uh, Cardinal Archbishop of, of Vienna. He's speaking on St. Joseph. He's a great lover of St. Joseph himself. And he spoke at Noc a number of years ago at the Novena on St. Joseph. So we, we thought, keeping him, tying in with the international character of all of this, that we'd have another international speaker. And he's going to be speaking to us. And then finally, on Sunday, our last Mass is at 12 o'clock Sunday, um, with uh, Archbishop Michael Neary, who will speak on St. Joseph as well.
0: So with that uh, we'll now go for our spiritual communion prayer and we pray this of course every week uh, here on the program especially for those and it's all of us these days who can't receive Jesus at Mass this morning. My Jesus I desire to receive you into my soul since I cannot now receive you sacramentally come spiritually into my soul I unite myself wholly to you never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Now we go for our first bit of music. Shane have you got a piece of music you'd like us to play this morning?
1: Yeah, so the first piece of music is, uh, just to get us into kind of the, the moment in terms of reflection for the week that's ahead of us, is uh, God of Compassion, um, um, God of Mercy and Compassion, and just to, to, just to close out this first part of the programme.
0: So let's hear this and join us again in part two.
1: Welcome back to part two of the program Sacred Space 102 here on West Limerick 102, a come and see Inspirations production. My name is Shane Ambrose and I'm delighted to have you back on the program. So that piece of music that we were just listening to there is called the Hosanna Filio David. It It is the antiphon that is sung, of course, today, which is, of course, Palm Sunday. And we are now uh, in slight change to the usual part of the program. What we're going to do now is we're going to have the gospel, our gospel reflection um, now. Myself and John are going to go through it. And what we're going to do is we're going to reflect on the gospel that was associated particularly with Palm Sunday. It's called the procession gospel for those of us that would be celebrating the liturgy normally, as opposed to the long gospel or the account of the Passion, which we would also hear during the Mass on Palm Sunday. So John, just to get us started into the our week our reflection, of course, we have our prayer before reading and reflecting on scripture. Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your word which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this word reverently, attentively and humbly. May we not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed and our minds wander. But may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this, Father, in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks
0: for that, Jim. So the gospel that we're going to read this morning is actually from Mark, chapter 11. And it's, it's verse 1 to 10. When they were approaching Jerusalem at Bethage and Bethany, near the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it in. If anybody says to you, where, what, what are you Why are you doing this? Just say this, The Lord needs it. And we'll send it back immediately. They went away and found a colt tied near a door outside in the street. And as they were untying it, some of the bystanders said to him, What are you doing, untying the colt? And they told him what Jesus had said. And they allowed them to take it. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat in it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut in the fields. Then those who went ahead and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. That's the Gospel reading for this morning. Shane?
1: Yes. So, as I said, um, this would be the gospel that we would hear this morning as part of the liturgies of Palm Sunday. And it would be the gospel we would hear for the procession before we'd process into the church with the palms and the blessing of, of course, the palms associated uh, on this day. And as we're going to reflect, of course, in part two of the program, this is very much the beginning of Holy Week. The week, uh, which is the, the, the high point with a low point, if you like, of the Christian calendar. Obviously, for us this year, it's a very strange and surreal kind of a thing, because we're not able to actually physically gather on uh, Palm Sunday, or or any Sunday at the moment, to celebrate the liturgy. And I suppose for us, uh, it's something to think about and reflect this week in particular, because the gospel we've just listened to is very much that about Jesus entering into the city of Jerusalem, and the crowds turning out to to see him and to to welcome him and it's very much something i suppose that we we can we need to think about and reflect on kind of like where would we have been in that crowd um you know where would we have where would we have stood would we have been part of the crowd that would have stood there crying out hosanna hosanna and welcoming Jesus into his city. Because of course Jerusalem was very much the city of Yahweh, very much the city, God's city here on earth. And it's one of the things, I suppose, for us to think about that, you know, where where each of us each of us would have stood. Like it was, you know, the immediate goal of, of Jesus' pilgrim journey is of course Jerusalem. It's the holy city and the temple, and he was coming in to celebrate the Passover. You know, and there would have been a huge crowds in the city. You know, that's for us to remember, um, and it's for us to think about that. You know, he's coming in from Betpage and Bethany to the true, true to the Mount of Olives. Now, Bethany, we're familiar with, of course, was that would have been the town of the, the, the village of 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 Martha, Mar- Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, and he would have come true to the Mount of Olives, and it was from the Mount of Olives that the Messiah was expected to enter the city. Um, and there's this whole business of Jesus and the, the donkey, the colt. He rides on a borrowed donkey into the city, and soon afterwards has the animal returned to its owner. It might seem all fairly harmless to us, but I suppose we have to remember that for the Jewish people watching Jesus at the time, um, it's very much Jesus claiming the rights of a king, um, which would have been, you know to be able to requisition a way of transport. And, you know, and as well as that then, sitting on the animal, which no one had had yet ridden on, you know, is also evidence of he claiming this kingship as he enters into his city. Um, And it very much links in, of course, you know, uh, this idea of Jesus was kind of going up to Jerusalem. And each of us is kind of reminded that ultimately that's where we, too, journey to. Not necessarily Jerusalem in, in, in the Holy Land as it stands today, but our heavenly city, the heavenly city Jerusalem, is where we're all going to end up. And she, they put their do- they put their cloaks on his on the poor old donkey's back, and Jesus sat up on it and off they went. And you know, people were out um uh you know, and they hook they, they, with palm branches, uh greenery that they had cut in the fields is how it's translated. And those who came in front and those who followed were all shouting Hosanna Blessings on him who comes in the name of the Lord, blessings on the coming kingdom of our father David, Hosanna in the highest. People obviously will be very familiar with parts of that because obviously we still echo it today in the Mass, in the Sanctus, the Holy, Holy. And that's exactly where that prayer comes from that we use in the Mass today. It's lifted straight from Scripture in this regard. So I suppose as we pause this Pam Sunday, John, I suppose just for people to reflect and to think and to pause for a moment. Jesus was acclaimed as king going into his city. Where would we have been in that crowd on that particular Sunday, you know? Where would we, you know, people were going about their business and suddenly there was this kerfuffle as this rabbi entered into the city. Probably through the great gates, um, the, 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 the beautiful gate as it was called, and the whole way that people would have understood what he was doing. And in some ways, you know, Jesus may not, didn't necessarily have to end up on Calvary. The people had greeted him. They had saluted him as king. It could have turned out so much more different. But for us, as we're listening to that story, it's very easy for us to condemn. But where are we joining the mob? Because that's what it was. A mob on, East, on Palm Sunday to welcome Christ into the city. But it's just as easily that was the mob that turned and cast him down from his from the throne they had put him up on and raised him up on a cross on Good Friday with shouts of crucify him, crucify him. And we have to ask ourselves, how well do we stand out from the crowd? How well do we hold our own space? Because Christianity is countercultural. It challenges very much the the dynamic, the wokeness of the current climate that we live in. And we're all asked to ask ourselves, how would we have greeted our King on Pab Sunday?
0: Shane, thank you so much for that. Food for thought there. I like it, thank you. Um, I was thinking very much the same with yourself in terms of the the Sanctus and the Holy, Holy, Holy. And maybe uh, just to remind ourselves again, every week at mass, We pray this prayer before the Eucharistic prayer. Let's think a little bit more about what we're saying. Holy, holy, holy. Lord God of hosts. Lord God of hosts. Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. We might just go for our another piece of music now at this stage and because of that gospel maybe it's something that we can just reflect on as we listen to this piece of music by Carl Turtle and this one is entitled Hosanna so come back and join us in part 3 as Shane said we're going to reflect a little bit on Holy Week come back and join us again in part 3
1: Welcome back to the third part of the program. And we've just listened to a piece of music, which is a piece of music, which many people will be familiar with. And it's Ubi Caritas, where there is love, there is God. And it's a piece of music just to bring us gently into the third part of this week's program, where we're going to have a small bit of a reflection on Holy Week. Now, John and myself, we've done this conversation with our listeners a number of times over the years, and we've, we've approached it, we've done what each day means, what it's what people can do, the liturgies that we partake in, and, and all of that kind of thing. But this year, rather than kind of rush through the week, I just kind of wanted to reflect on two or three kind of events or moments, stasios stations, during the week, just for people to think about and to reflect on. So first of all, obviously, Holy Week, the events of Holy Week, Palm Sunday, Jesus enters into Jerusalem. Monday and Tuesday, he's in the city. You have different events that occurred, including Judas, of course, agreeing to betray Christ, which, of course, happens on the Wednesday. Holy Thursday, we commemorate the Lord's celebration of the Passover and the institution of the Eucharist and the institution of the priesthood. Good Friday, of course, is, of course, all the, ways the focus is on what happened on Calvary. And Holy Saturday, then, is that bridging day in between the Passion on Good Friday and what is, awaits us on Easter morn. Now, we're not going to talk about Easter this week. This week, we're focusing on Holy Week. And John and myself have reflected on this a number of times over the year, and we've done years, and we've done Stations of the Cross and so on and so forth. But three particular things kind of jumped out at me this year when we were reflecting on Holy Week that I wanted to share with you. The first is the washing of the feet on Holy Thursday night. The second is some of Jesus' last words on the cross on Good Friday. And then for Holy Saturday, it's the reflection on the silence of the tomb. So first of all, in terms of a Holy Thursday and the washing of the feet, it's sometimes called a mandatum. And it is, it is what's recounted in the Gospel of St. John. And we'll hear it proclaimed by the priest and read by the priest on Holy Thursday night at the Mass of the Lord's Supper. And John's Gospel is a bit unique because John's Gospel doesn't include an account of the institution of the Eucharist. The words where Jesus says, this is my body, this is my blood do this in memory of me instead what saint john presents to us is jesus's example before table sitting to table of washing the disciples feet very common custom in the country of the time you would have been traveling on dusty roads you would have come in to sit down and the servants would have bent down to wash your feet and to give you some rest and of course it would have caused absolute controversy and drama when Jesus would have gone about to do this for the disciples. And that, of course, is where we have that great account where Peter says, Lord, you will not do this for me. And Jesus responds, if I do not do it for you, you can have nothing in common with me. And Peter then, as usual, exuberantly saying, well, wash my, don't just wash my feet, but you can wash my, my, my head and my hands as well. And it's, I suppose, like we get a bit caught up and we're kind of going, what's what's going on here? What, what what are we talking about here? What is Jesus doing for us? And, of course, it's the whole concept of Jesus as turning on top of itself the understanding of leadership and the idea of community and what it means to be his follower. And I think reflecting on this Holy Thursday in this COVID times, I think it's a good reminder to us as a Christian community what Jesus did at the Last Supper. And he didn't just, as as important and all as they are, break the bread, share the wine. He also washed the disciples' feet. And I think that's very much something that we need to think about and reflect upon uh, in this particular time, where we are called to re- renew ourselves with the COVID restrictions, for example and looking out for each other, and being conscious of the common good. Or also in the discussions that are going on, for example, about climate change, and everything that's going to happen, and all the rules and regulations and changes that are coming down the tracks at us in relation to that. But there's also the thing, where am I washing the feet of others? Where am I being a servant to others? What am I doing to imitate Jesus as we enter into this holy week? We can't all get up on the cross necessarily but we are each of us called to get up pick up our cross and follow Christ follow him follow his example follow him to Calvary but on the way we are reminded of the last supper where Jesus knelt and washed the feet of the disciples where have you reached out to someone this you know in in terms of this covid time this as you go through life have you knocked on the door of a neighbor picked up the phone, sent a card, have you contacted an old friend, have you reached out to someone who might be in difficulty, for example, in an abusive relationship, have you given consolation to those that have died, are we aware of our neighbours, not just those that we're happy with, but those that challenge us, be they members of the travelling community, refugees, people that we don't see as Irish in the, and as we understand that term where are we reaching out and imitating the man that we call Master our Lord and Master who knelt on the floor to wash the feet of his disciples and as we pause and reflect on this particular incident of Holy Week it's something just to muse on to think about and to take away with you on this Sunday morning the second thing I suppose, which I taught and reflected on as we were thinking about Holy Week, is very much the great devotion for Good Friday and the focus on Jesus' seven last words from the cross. And in particular, there are two sets that I want to reflect on this morning. The first one we will actually hear this Sunday in the Passion Gospel as it's accounted. And it's that great exclamation that Jesus makes. Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And in the world we look around us today, how many of us would sometimes not feel that we need to cry out for those words, that we know people who sometimes feel that they have been abandoned, abandoned by God, abandoned by church, abandoned by state, abandoned by community, abandoned by family. But I suppose the reminder to us is God hasn't abandoned them. God hasn't abandoned us. And that's what we need to remind ourselves and think about. That's what Holy Week shares with us. That's what Holy Week tells us, that God has become human with us. He has entered into our lives. He has entered into our existence right up to the fact that he died on the cross for each and every one of us. We are not alone. We are not abandoned by God. We may journey like Christ's journey on a Via Dolorosa. Rosa. We might feel that this is a journey that we are carrying our cross on our own. But we must remind ourselves that in the depths of despair, in the darkness that surrounds us, that we are not alone. That we have someone who has walked and suffered and is comforting us and is there to embrace us if we only open our hearts to him. The second expression that I would like to reflect on, Jesus reflecting on the, Jesus' last words from the cross, is that great expression, I thirst. The Missionaries of Charity, which Mother Teresa founded, it is one of the key words that they have, and it's the word, I thirst, is written on the walls of their chapel as a focus for their meditations. And I'd just like to read a short bit of a reflection on that expression. And it links as well back to the previous one, Eli, Eli, Lamech Sabakhtani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And God's response could almost be, I know you through and through, I know everything about you. The very hairs of your head I have numbered. Nothing in your life is unimportant to me. I have followed you through the years and I have always loved you, even in your wanderings. I know every one of your problems. I know your need and your worries. And yes, I know all your sins. But I tell you again that I love you, not for what you have been or haven't done, I love you for you, for the beauty and dignity my father gave you by creating you in his own image. It is a dignity you have often forgotten, a beauty you have tarnished by sin. But I love you as you are, and I have shed my blood to win you back. If you only ask me with faith, my grace will touch all that needs changing in your life and I will give you the strength to free yourself from sin and all its destructive power. I thirst for you. Yes, that is the only way to even to begin to describe my love for you. I thirst for you. I thirst to love and to be loved by you. That is how precious you are to me. Come to me and fill your heart and heal your wounds. Powerful words, I think you'll agree, to reflect on as reflecting on those seven last words of Christ from the cross. And then finally, the third stasio, the third moment which I wanted to think about and reflect on this week, is Holy Saturday. It's the day that kind of gets overlooked. It's the day in between what happens on Good Friday, the drama of Good Friday, and the exuberance of what happens on Easter Sunday. But it's a bridging day, and it's an important day, particularly for us who, are, who call ourselves, in particular, Roman Catholics, because we profess Jesus descended to the dead. He died, he went into Hades, and he walked with those who had gone before but could not see the beatific vision. But for us that are here today, what does that mean on this Holy Saturday? It's a reminder to us that the Holy Saturday day is a pause. I, in, in, in the work that I do, I sometimes come across the expression, the pause of Coca-Cola, the, the, the break, the time out. And Holy Saturday is very much like that. But it's also a reminder to us that it is a focus on the tomb. Christ has entered into death. He sits in the grave, something where we all too will sit. And just as he enters into that fully, to you know, to show and demonstrate to us that he is one of us, as well as being truly divine. Lips move, the vapors hovers in the winter air. I cannot hear. Heads nod, hands clasp. One or two will kiss. I nod, clasp, kiss, react. A voice inside will not be still. Is that all, then? Is that all? This bud and flowering of my womb, this light and lilt of every day, now clay, stilled, distilled to memory, a face fast fading, blocked and barred behind a rolling stone. I defy you, death, to tilt your sting of lo- at love and life. And memories of bread break, cup shared, hearts fast bonded by the blood. The ebbing of our day on this cold shore is balanced by our flow beyond this time. Deliver me from endings, Lord, from nearly filling life and spaces, neatly filling life and loves, apportioning to each a span. Deliver me from burying alive a brother, sister tombed by my despair. And so as we draw to the end of this week's program, myself and John want to wish you a holy, blessed, peaceful and safe holy week as we enter into the passion of our Lord and look forward to the celebrations of Easter's morn Sunday week. For myself and John, as we close out with this final piece of music, the Uh, The Rugged Cross. Keep safe and talk to you next week.
0: God bless for now. Bye bye now.
4: On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the deep sinners were slain So I'll cherish the old rugged cross Till my trophies at last I lay down I will by the world has a wondrous attraction for me for the dear Lamb of God left his glory above to bear to dark